0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Standard H podcast, a casual conversation about the lives of entrepreneurs and those growing companies. This podcast has been a wonderful supplement to my apparel brand, Standard H, which serves up elevated casual automotive and travel inspired apparel and accessories to you discerning car and watch lovers. It's been a blast recording these episodes and if you like what you hear, please visit standard-h.com and sign up for our email list. Our recently revamped website not only hosts every episode of this show, but also allows you to explore the entire product assortment and our latest travel recommendations. As an email subscriber, you will then receive offers no one else is privy to, and I can promise it'll be well worth your while. Just hit pause real quick and hop over to standard-h.com to sign up. We'll be here waiting for you to hit play when you return. Watch collecting is often described as a journey, and along these roads of exploration, you may encounter independently owned brands you've never heard of creating some of the most incredible timepieces. If you're in search of these brands, look no further than Passion Fine Jewelry, owned by former Standard H podcast guest Tim Jackson. Offering incredible timepieces as well as phenomenal customer service, Passion Fine Jewelry is California's largest independent watch dealer located right here in Solana Beach, just north of San Diego. There you will find Roger Smith, Gronfeld, Kudoke, Habring, Sarpaneva, Roman Gauthier, and many more. If you can't make it to California, visit passionfinejewelry.com for their entire offering online. This episode is also brought to you by Contonement. Contonement's flagship product, the kerchief, is a perfect medium between a handkerchief and a bandana. Featuring iconic designs such as a Fender Stratocaster and the dashboard of a Volkswagen GTI, these utilitarian cloths are an item that should be a mainstay in your everyday carry. Tuck one in a back pocket or use one as a neckerchief. Visit them at Co. that's C-A-N-T-O-N-M-E-N-T dot co, and use the code STANDARDH in all caps, no spaces, for 20% off their entire online shop. Now let's get to the show. Andrew Manis and I met through a mutual friend over the common interest of cars and watches, so it was only natural to host him on this show. Andrew is the founder and editor-in-chief of The Motoring Journal, an eclectic quarterly magazine now in its second year of publication. As a snowboarder from Vermont, it turns out Andrew and I have even more in common than we thought as we reminisce over 90s U.S. Opens and how close he was to that action. We chat about his time in the Northeast and, of course, his history within the automotive space. There's plenty of car and watch talk in this one, so why don't we just get into it? I'm your host, Wesley Smith, and you're listening to The Standard Age Podcast. How do you pronounce your last name? Is it Manus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just, I never, uh... it could be Manas. Well,
1: look, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people, you know, it's like above the Mason-Dixon line, it's Manus. Below the Mason-Dixon line, it's Manus. You know, and that's my dad's from Louisiana. So, you know, there's like the southern side of my family, and to him, it's it's Manus. Wait, hold on. Yeah.
0: Your dad's from Louisiana? Uh,
1: yeah, Shreveport.
0: No kidding. Yep. Okay, so tell me about that.
1: Uh, big southern family. Um,
0: Never would have guessed. From what? Because you're, you're from New Hampshire? I'm from uh, Vermont. Vermont, sorry.
1: Yeah, my my dad grew up in the south and was married— and young got divorced, and one of his friends dragged him up to uh, working at a summer camp in Maine as his assistant. And it was an all-girls summer camp, and they were the uh, wood, they were the woodworking guys, and my mom was the uh, rifle instructor. So that's how they met. Okay, <laughs> which is one of those stories that went like when I was younger, I was like, yeah, that's a normal way for people to meet liberals with guns. And then yeah, liberals with guns. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's kind of a rare breed yeah well that's hey man that's that's vermont for you and it's weird because i don't even you know i don't even think of i don't think of myself as necessarily a liberal i would say i it's like I have liberal tendencies,
0: which is most people in Vermont.
1: I, there are a lot of liberals; very few of them are.
0: A hundred percent, and this yeah. is not a political podcast. Nor do I intend it. No, you should
1: about. keep all of this in. This should just be just the way you roll. Right into <laughs> no, it. This is our first it. rapid fire political episode. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> right. So, where do you stand on? Uh, no, just yeah. Let's go. Um, yeah, that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, because your Instagram feed can. You're not afraid of politics?
1: No, I don't think any I don't I don't think anybody should be. I, I right. politics is life. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like literally like you know, I it's just how much time and attention you have to devote to whatever the, you know, issue of the day, month, year, decade is like how you're kind of rolling interest in what's going on. And yeah, there's times I I see no reason why I can't jump from Complaining about burble tunes on cars to, you know, abortion rights.
0: But, (laughs) well, thanks for taking the time, dude. And we're here at Motoring Club, which is what what neighborhood is this technically? This is Marina Del Rey. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, and this is uh, our current home. And Michael Rapetti founded this uh, three years ago now, and is that all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, three and a half. Well, yeah, whatever I mean, it is. If we want to get. Do you want to yeah. get into like baby terms? Right, where right. We're like, ah, oh, it's been uh, 42 and a half months, <laughs> or weeks, or whatever.
0: I'm always like, dude, don't make me do math. Like, yeah,
1: give me. an It doesn't even
0: have to be. I's a little over two. D- Divide it <laughs> by twelve. Like, no, just tell me how old's your kid. Yeah. Um. Cool, man. Well, I. I. Man, shocking. I didn't. I, obviously, I just met Michael. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, through you. Uh. Just momentarily ago. Um. Had no idea this was this new. Obviously, pre COVID, so that helped or hurt this business? Do you think? Uh, helped
1: on it in an odd way. Uh, maybe you know, it didn't hurt. I shouldn't say helped, but it, it really didn't hurt it. Um, we were able to be pretty nimble. I mean, really, through COVID is when I got really you know intimately involved with it uh, through doing the motoring journal, uh, which serves as the official publication of the motoring club you know the motoring club is the publisher of the magazine members get it as part of their membership to the physical clubhouse but we also distribute through stockists and subscription and that was a covid baby that was you know uh almost a decade of freelancing as a photographer and a writer out the window because you know within the space of a couple weeks like so many things just budget slashed everything put on pause it's like if you basically travel for a living and a global pandemic happens then yeah you know your life is just right you know
0: it's an on off switch and you're on off exactly yeah
1: and uh pretty quickly you know um once things started to turn in terms of, okay, this isn't the, like, you know, blood coming out of your eyes, uh, Hollywood version of a pandemic. What am I going to do? And uh, I had, oh, I've just always loved magazines. Yeah, um, I, I grew up reading lots of different types of magazines. I grew up immersed in skateboarding and snowboarding culture, which informed a lot of how I kind of looked at uh, creativity, and it just being an open ended thing and being able to, you know, shift gears pretty quickly and just be nimble Mm -hmm. also do things on like a shoestring budget. So that was a pretty heavy influence. I was like, well, why not start a quarterly, you know, lifestyle publication that's really rooted in the automotive world and inspired by automotive culture, but isn't just about the product like so, just about cars
0: so this magazine started because of the pandemic more or less
1: i had the time it became a thing because i had the time to finally focus on trying to do it you know it's an idea that i'd had for a long time and to do some sort of quarterly magazine you know it was always inspired by um iron and air motorcycle magazine meta now Vana. Uh, fantastic magazine out of Colorado. Uh, Triple Zero. You know Pete's uh, Porsche Mag. That's you know more like a book. Yeah. Um, really operate all these you know kind of quarterly or biannual publications, and there's lots of art ma- art magazines as well over the years that just picked up copies here and there. Um, but Kinfolk Surface Surface Journal, which is regular. Uh, yeah, just a just a huge mashup of of interests and and styles trying to boil that down into something that hadn't been a thing previously right. in the automotive world. right? Um, it's tough to say the motoring journal is, I don't say it's a car magazine. Like I said, it's a, it's a lifestyle magazine. It's just rooted in car culture. And I think that one of the things that can be the most interesting aspect of being into cars and in the car community is all the different voices and people that can come to a meet and come together and just talk about this kind of shared bond. And also there's just different ways to be into cars. You know, for some people it's uh, tuning them. For some people it's styling out the interior. For some people it's just the aesthetic thing. For some people it's the investment. Uh, for me it's a little bit of each of those things, but primarily
0: it's about the act of driving.
1: For me it's really going somewhere. Like that's why I'm into cars
0: okay so i'm not saying me but for the hypothetical yeah i've never opened a motoring journal before yeah that's not true yeah (laughs) however what what do i find when i open the magazine like from a content perspective i mean yes you've you know you've mentioned these subjects of aesthetics and tuning and but for you it's driving so are a lot of the segments like actual trips documented or like what what When I thumb through the magazine at a newsstand, since you do sell, you know, Mm -hmm. through distributors, what am I going to find? Well, we've tried
1: to organize it in a way that is really fluid and inspired by kind of just, you know, leaving the house, so to speak. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty straightforward. So, you know, we broke the sections up into, you know, you have Ford, the garage, the intersection, the road and exit so front matter the magazine the forward section is kind of your uh shorter stories lifestyle pieces we have recurring columnists uh james lambden uh generously from analog shift makes time to do uh analog dialogue for every issue Uh, michael williams has you know a continuous column um mike his uh blog a continuous lean which a lot of people would probably uh, know from listening to this podcast And then you move from that, you're into the garage, which is a little more product heavy. Sometimes we've got motorcycle reviews in there, a short review on a new car, a continuing feature now that we came up with is owned and operated. So that's, um, you know, could be vintage, classic, neo vintage, could be new, but generally going to kind of stay away from more recent stuff if it's someone's owned vehicle. So we want to know why do they own this? Where did the inspiration to own this come from? Then you jump into the intersection, and that's really where car stuff is going to take a back seat. And throughout the first uh, six issues, we've done different styles for the intersection. Sometimes there's been longer form interviews in there, feature on an artist, sometimes photo essays. Now it's kind of matured into this thing where there's usually three photo essays with varying degrees of text or varying lengths of text to accompany that. And that's going to be the section that's the least, um, you know, automotive heavy. Then you move into the road, which that's where the trip stuff is going to be. And we're always trying to build it out more and, and, and do bigger scale of trips. It was definitely interesting starting it during COVID right. and being pretty limited in what we could do in terms of, uh, traveling. A lot of it was SoCal heavy, but we don't always just want to have it be like, a. Cal- it could very easily just be a magazine with all California content. Sure. You know, um, I've lived here for 14 years. I still feel like I've barely scratched the surface of like what California has to offer. Totally. And I've been all over the state. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm
0: the same way. I moved here in 07. So yeah. we're knocking on the same doors here. Yeah. Time-wise.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's been fun to be able to build out that section more, now being able to travel more. And our last issue of this year, which will be, uh, volume eight, that'll be the travel issue. So we did themed issues this year versus, you know, we did seasonal for our first four uh, themed issues this year. And uh, we'll see what we end up doing next year and, and just going on. But yeah. Uh, and and then the exit is just kind of, you know, our close. we have our exit interview, which I've tried a couple different formats for it's, um, it's just like fun to experiment with. Sure. You know, uh, I had no idea. I had no previous experience in publishing to doing this. I just loved magazines. And I was like, well, see if I can make one.
0: Well, so how did you go about publishing it, though? How did you find, like, the printer and, you know, all that nonsense?
1: Ah, the Internet.
0: Okay. Cool. <laughs> I Is mean it-
1: honestly, uh, I was just doing research on the internet and talking to friends um and 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 fortunately, you know, having a great uh and willing supporter and partner in Michael, um you know, my and Michael serves as the publisher like people who he's met through the motoring club. There are plenty of people who have some sort of, you know, third degree tie to right. to printing or publishing or advertising that just had a little bit of knowledge that helped us out. So that's great. Like so many things uh, with this community, it's just kind of uh, if you're talking about it, someone eventually is probably going to be like, "Oh, yeah, I know somebody who." Yeah, you know, dot dot dot.
0: Right, right. Is it printed locally, or do you guys ship out? For it that? is printed
1: proudly in Burnaby, British Columbia. Okay, so we print in Canada.
0: So I know when Hodinky Magazine first came out it came out of vancouver but i think they changed
1: uh yeah i'm pretty sure they printed with uh with same, our printer same mm-hmm. people
0: cool mm-hmm. um, there's
1: very few uh, you know just quick note on the publishing industry because i in some ways it kind of relates to like mechanical uh watches it's like man it's a just a shrinking field of people that do a very specific thing yeah and i forget there's like the four paper mills left in the u.s something like that, it's it's just been massively consolidated. Wow. And, you know, you go back even 50 years, you know, the paper business was massive. It's like, dude, if you watch The Office, like all the jokes <laughs> in The Office, like that's real, man. Like the consolidation is just like crazy in that space. And for us, we chose a very specific type of matte paper and a very specific weight of that paper. Yeah. Um, I wanted the magazine to have a very, very, very – nice tactile feel when you picked it up yeah. so as soon as you picked it up you knew like i'm not picking up uh one of the buff books and right. like i'm not you know i'm not taking shots at the the motor trend road and tracks etc as of the world but like i mean, dude, they're you know disposable. It's like the the paper just falls right out of your hand. It's like handling dust, you know, and then, and then it just goes away.
0: I think there's an implication though when you're doing something quarterly as opposed to monthly as well. 100%. It's, you know, it doesn't feel so much as it like a usable, mm-hmm. right? Like um and and I don't know, full disclosure. I think the the first issues of uh Hodinkee Mag, for example, Were my favorite. I loved those covers better. I liked that tactile feel of that magazine better than I do now. Now, do I still subscribe? Yeah. But, I, you know, it's a little too artsy-fartsy sometimes. I just wish it was a little more cut and dry. Like, I I don't need another GQ. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I I just, I I want a watch magazine or a lifestyle magazine. and And I want it to look like you guys, not like Esquire you know, or or something that's even older. So I appreciate that too, about the motoring journal, because you do have that aesthetic, that weight. My apparel is the same way, right? Like my t-shirt has a heft and it has a feel and it has an aesthetic. And that is the brand as is your magazine. And I think it's, it's great. I want to do, I do want to back up though. And so what was your introduction to Michael? Like, how did you guys connect?
1: Oh, I wandered in here one day just to see what this place was all about. I was like, ah, here we go. You know, another cool members club in L.A. And it's car stuff. So let's go see what these jokers are up to. Um, nah, I mean, that that's – I'm exaggerating, but that really more or less is the reality of the situation. We, you know, chatted on Instagram and he was like, oh, come by the club sometime. Come check it out. And, uh, you know, I was living just – five minutes away at the time i used to live in this exact neighborhood so came in and and chatted with michael and just really you know kind of loved his perspective on uh community sure and and the fact that he was you know admittedly like not the biggest car enthusiast in terms of his scope of knowledge or ownership you know it wasn't like he was some kid with you know 10 cars who was like oh, i'm gonna you know create a club around this and and you know let everybody just check my stuff out and see right. how great i am and blah 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 blah, blah. um you know it's like he, he's just kind of a straight shooter and um i i don't know i just kept coming by when i could and watched it grow organically and i knew some other people who were friends of mine for multiple years who were like oh yeah i'm a member and i was like oh that's great and, um, you know, just kind of started rolling. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, the, you know, the working relationship just evolved from there.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So did you pitch the idea of a magazine to him or was it kind of like, hey, I'm thinking of starting a magazine <clears throat> and him being like, oh shit, like that sounds cool. Maybe we could work together on this. Like how did that, what was that genesis like? A, a bit of both. Okay. A bit of
1: both. You know, I was pretty used to, you know like a general just like a general creative meeting from and and from going out and trying to uh pitch like scripts and uh tv shows in the past which is what i moved to la to try and you know break into was was entertainment and as a writer yeah as a writer um you know it's what i it's what i went to school for not that it you know having a degree and it necessarily matters anybody can anybody can write it's just time and dedication to it and it's like you know, it's a craft. You True. know, it—it's really what you get out of it. Like anything, is what you put into it. So, you know, there's—it's just like everybody. You know, the iPhone made everybody a photographer. Well, the internet, even technically before that, uh, you know, Blogspot made everybody a writer. Um, and guilty. Just like everybody's everybody's an investigative reporter. Everybody's a critic. You know, everything's like democratized. Right. The so you can give yourself that title. It's like you can write if you get paid to write one piece for medium you're a writer
0: suddenly I'm You've a fashion paid. editor <laughs> yeah exactly
1: so so I don't you know I don't I'm not putting a ton of stock in like qualifications on a on a education level sure you know you you are who you make yourself into you know that that's the LA thing that's California really right um But yeah, we just kind of had a very general meeting and I was talking to him about just what his vision, you know, for the growth of the motoring club is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't come to this from like an entrepreneurial standpoint or even thinking about it as like a startup. I was just like, I see a lot of potential, like I think getting a sense of who he is as a person. I was like, I think maybe we have some of the same, you know, kind of ideas about what the automotive space is missing and, and what we could bring to it. And the magazine was kind of an offhand comment. Uh, it was something, you know, the the motoring journal, it was something actually started by Chris Runge um, as a blog years and years ago. And I know Rungi through mutual friends. And basically Rungi has created an incredible business uh, doing hand-built uh, cars that are inspired by like, uh, you know, the early uh, 356s. Um, so he's out in Minnesota building incredible stuff has a kid and, uh, or multiple kids now, I think, um, you know, running a farm and the motoring journal, uh, IP was just kind of there right. sitting there right. sort of languishing and, uh, just kind of came back around. And so that's the, the genesis to that. Just shout out to Chris Rungi, you know, um, and man, when time allows, like, I just want to do it proper, but it's like, I have to, there, there will be a big feature in the motoring journal eventually, like on Rungi and on the cars he's building. And just like that freaking upper Midwest car scene, you know, the, the great frozen, uh, yeah, north, I was gonna north say, of America.
0: It's, it's gotta be super interesting because like on one hand their summers are incredible. I I, I was just in Chicago a week mm-hmm. and a half ago. Mm-hmm. But I know what Chicago's like in January. So like a three fifty six, especially yeah. you know, as a speedster or something like that, it's oh, like yeah. you're only driving that thing like mm-hmm. three months out of the year. Yeah, I mean I
1: I have to imagine most of his clients, most of the people he's built cars for, uh are, you know, out out here yeah. um or Florida or somewhere warm. But Sure. You know, it's the uh Look, it's the it's the maker life in those climates, you know. It's uh, work all winter indoors, you know, build, build in your shop and then continue to work, you know, the rest of the year. Like everybody who's <laughs> making shit does, but, you know, in the summer you get to go outside and enjoy some of your, the fruits of your labor, right? you know. Um, he's got some pretty great videos, I think, though, on his Instagram of him driving some of these cars, like, during the winter with, like, you know, like a uh parka yeah like down goose parka and gloves and all that kind of stuff which is which is a riot i've done that from time to time i've had convertibles out here in california winter and like taken a few on road trips you get up into like snow up in uh even angeles crest oh sure um i dude c8 actually this past winter uh, stingray yeah drove up one morning and for good vibes and uh man there were everyone was like laughing when I got there because there was a pretty good amount of snow on the road. I had the top down, the heat blasting, the se- heated uh, seats on. And I was chilling. Like I love that. I kind of like when there's like cold
0: air around you. And sure, you're staying warm in the cockpit. But anyway, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, going back to sort of the the beginnings of of the magazine, what um like what were some of the like financial implications of it? Not numbers, but like who did what. How is it supported? Do you guys split it?
1: Uh, it's it's ad supported, um, and you know it's.
0: So did you have ads club. prior to even publishing the first? <sighs> nah, man, it's it's just scramble for it. Right,
1: every issue. So I'm dying know? to know then. So like, let, what did like, that first issue cost? I I'm not gonna put a number on it, but you know it a good amount, not <laughs> a crazy amount. <laughs> the cost of a
0: watch, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, more, more than, the, more than the cost of uh, quite a few watches.
0: So, so a great, <laughs> a gray more, market. More than, watch. <laughs> more than what either of us are wearing. Okay. And we're yeah, wearing, you, we're wearing you, some, you, some pretty decent watches. <laughs> what do you, what do you have on wrist? That we're wearing the same brand. Yeah, which, Hoyer, Hoyer, boys today. Coincidentally.
1: Um. Well, this watch. I mean, this is going to go into a. Th- there's a story with this, so let's hear know. it. We can. Well, uh, so this is my first Hoyer. Um, and it's my first uh, chronograph that's, I mean, first real chronograph. Um, you know, I got into watches through snowboarding, Nixon. Nixon was my like gateway in, like in the late 90s. I worked at a skate shop and I got like a tiny little discount on Niskin, Nixon's and was like, it was all about the design. And that's what they are. They're, you know, I don't know, I, I don't want to bag on Nixon, but like they're fashion watches, they're right? They're 200 bucks. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I think my first one was eighty five dollars okay. I got a discount on that. That's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this thing, man, uh I picked this up when I was in uh Zurich this past May from a really well known dealer over there, uh um Greenwich GMT. Okay. I think is the name of it. Or just GMT Zurich GMT. Um but uh yeah it was just browsing, you know, not looking to really buy anything and then I caught that this thing in the back of the case and uh Mutual friend had recently, or last year, I guess, told me to keep my eye out for, like, Hoyer Carreras, you know? He was like, look, Fauci 72 movement, um, kind of underappreciated, classic look, some great uh, colorways. And I just, I never really went down the rabbit hole. I didn't, like, learn much about them. I just had a very general idea about them. And I saw this and was just like, ooh, like, reverse, hand a dial like that looks really cool and you know gold plated case all right i can live with that like um so black, tried it on black
0: racing strap i see
1: uh yeah that's actually that's the ralstra from uh from james from Sweet. analog shift and ralstra which is like one of the most comfortable straps i've i've ever had on amazing um and what you know it's actually like i've i've never really been all that into like the racing inspired right. watches and all. i was not ne- i'm not like a i'm not really a daytona guy yeah not really i wasn't even really an octavia guy or camaro or really any of them sure um i appreciate them not for me right put this on was like oh yeah like like i just i love the way this watch looks so go back i'm all you know that post post purchase excitement uh send a photo of it uh to my friend he's like congrats good move blah 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 Gets back to me like half an hour later, and he and <laughs> just <see>, uh oh, <laughs> I'm like uh oh, what do you mean uh oh? He he's friends with uh, the heritage director at uh, Tag currently. Uh, I think is uh, uh, Nicholas, not to name names or uh, I don't I don't know the guy personally. Anyway, we've uh, been in touch before, but he, I don't know him. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know him either. But he very kindly did respond to my friend when I sent this watch, and his response was wrong. It's wrong he should return it like they never like that dial's wrong and i'm like ah, oh, fuck like ah, whatever like i i know I, i'll go back tomorrow morning when the place opens talk to them and you know like get you know return the watch get my money back oh my god yeah so yeah it's it you know it's pretty freaky it's like i didn't And this is I, your first purchase you <clears throat> said
0: right like first, a, of something like this
1: yeah of something like this yeah i right. i so I, that's like yeah, you know, like significant foreign investment, but also reputable, it wasn't like a back alley dealer, so you know, it wasn't right, like right. Uh, or online. God, I, I don't know about you. I've, that's a whole other discussion. I don't I haven't bought watches online. It makes me really, really nervous. Like even eBay like authenticity guaranteed, like that shit just still makes me nervous. Like there's something about seeing a watch in person. It's yeah, funny because it, you can get ripped off just as easily, but
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't disagree with you. Um I have bought one watch through eBay. And I mean, I knew it was what it was yeah. because there's only so many of those out there. Yeah. Um, but their authentication process is like, it's legit. It's
1: legit. They've but, put yeah.
0: a lot of money into that. And yeah. they also sell, I think, more watches than anybody in the world. Yeah, they're the biggest does. watch so, uh,
1: retailer, yeah, uh, or, or that, online.
0: That doesn't mean you should be comfortable because of that. <laughs> like, if anything, that just means like yeah. there's more room for error perhaps. But... um yeah, I mean, I had a good experience. I mean, same thing as selling sneakers on eBay now because, like, they, sure. they have to be authenticated. Sure. Which is comforting, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I go back to the place right when they open the next morning. And, Did uh, you just walk and, in and, and just and, say, and, wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know, dude. <laughs> I You know, I was very, very friendly to the guy. He'd been friendly to me and chat with him. And, and he, his look, his English was very good. But I felt like maybe there was something. Like he he had told me when uh, when I bought it, he's like, "Oh, this is a, this is a cool watch because it uh, it's a student watch. It was owned by a student uh, at uh, Hoyer's School for Watchmaking." Huh. And I was like, "Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Like, oh yeah, rare, whatever." Uh, go back. I tell him, you know, I've been my friend, the whole story. I'd like to return the watch. And he's like, okay. He's like, we will. He's like, let me call the owner. He's like the owner sp- like knows the whole, s- like can explain the story better and also speaks better English than I do.
0: Oh, so was it like a consignment deal?
1: No, no. The owner of the, the owner of the, of the whole shop. store. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so get the owner on the phone and he, he's like, he's like, it's a student watch as in like when s- students were at watchmaking school, their final project was to assemble a watch for themselves and this is that watch oh shit the guy's okay. name is stamped on or his initial it's like stamped on the movement like un, you like you know took the case back off right i've since had i had james look at it when i was at analog shift in new york um the watch is 100 percent authentic
0: period like so it's a one of one
1: yes there's And it's not like, oh, my God, this watch is worth a ton of money. Not no, the, no, no, Not no. the case at all. But it's still. a one-on-one, and it's special to me. And the deal is, so when they assemble these watches, they could, it's they're watchmaking school. They're just grabbing parts out of a part bin. They right. can grab whatever they want. Dials aren't stamped. Like, they're just blank. So it's an Octavia uh, dial. He just grabbed, it was blank, stamped Carrera on it. The hands are uh, German military, uh, German military or air force hand, um, uh, Bundeswehr hands, like a watch that so, Hoyer made for the German military. So that so it's a combo, and then also, which I discovered after being out of my friend's boat for a full day wearing it, dude, the freaking loom still it glows. Like he and these never had loom. Apparently the plots were, but he loomed the plots and they still glow. Wow. What I don't know is whether it's like the semi-radioactive paint or not right. or whatever it's like but a uh, small amount whatever oh uh, you'll you'll lose
0: your left arm yeah it if be my hands i get a big mole <laughs> right here <laughs> like. um well that's fascinating i mean it, it's like the best version of a Frankenwatch,
1: <laughs> exactly you know what i mean exactly my concern and i think the concern of nicholas uh at at, at hoyer was that it was you know done in like the night you know somebody just threw right. it together it was a Frankenwatch. Like, right. exactly yeah. you know which those are cool in their own right whatever like i don't i don't buy watches as an investment mm-hmm. i don't i lo- i truly truly love watches and and a, and a wide array of them but i don't follow things closely enough to like oh this is a good buy and i'm gonna make i just i don't know i don't have the i like to know that a watch is pretty much never going to be worth less than what i paid for it there's definitely um it's why i don't i don't really buy new unless it's rolex and i have an opportunity to buy one like at msrp sure Sure. yeah yeah. i would do that yeah but i'm not out there like i don't know i don't like that's actually a question like you know what do you think of just going and buying like just off-brand stuff like at at from a store? You know, like a lot what, of these watches. It's like a new car. It's like, do our watches still losing like you know a good chunk of their value as soon as you
0: drive take it, it out lot. of the box? Yeah. Drive it off the lot. Um, you're asking me. Yeah. Um, well, first, like, what first do of you all, think of that. So. The interesting thing about my journey through watches and dare I say, I don't really call myself a collector um, because I don't really have a mode or or like approach to what I'm doing. Mm. I just, you know, kind of buy what I like. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's it's driven by my enthusiasm, kind of like my automotive enthusiasm. I just don't have the bank account for an automotive collection. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I have only bought, Three watches in person. Okay. So your, your question about walking like three into new a,
1: three new watches? No, like just in three person, watches. Just, oh, okay.
0: I've always bought them over the phone mm. um, or through the internet, yep. which is kind of crazy. Um, Have you because bought any d- watches through Instagram? Never through Instagram. Mm. I've bought one on eBay. I've bought <laughs> shame, shamelessly two through Amazon, one was a G-Shock, you know. Um, But yeah, most of it's through relationships with people who don't live in California. And as a result, I've not made too many purchases in person Mm. in a store. Mm. Um, My most recent watch purchase wasn't a store, however, and it's very off-brand. In fact, it's a lot of people have never heard of it, though I've spoken about it on the podcast. It's called a Kudoke, which is a micro-brand. You know, very or not even a micro-brand, just a. It's an independent, is how you would categorize it. Okay. They're based in Germany, and it's incredible. So, to answer your question, it's it's. I'm all for going into a store to buy it. You know, if it's available, it's a MSRP, or you you know. You, great you love it buy it you know what I mean yeah I just
1: it's something I've been you know I I think about it a lot when it comes to watches because I you know I'm a much like yourself I don't I don't think about like being a collector when it comes to watches or cars mostly I mean sure one bankroll that's a that's a obstacle for sure hurdle one (laughs) that's hurdle one having the money to buy this shit uh but there's plenty of stuff you can collect that you know isn't like a huge investment in both spaces and they're kind of fun. Sure. You know, like I just picked up a 1983, 944, you know, really, you know, low, low cost, high, high degree of fun. Um, And that, you know, I I sold one car to buy that, but I still, it's like I still have two vehicles and it's like, and, 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 you know, could have more same with watches. You know, it's like, I have just a couple, but there's no method to the, it's like, Oh, I like that. Right. and that makes sense to me. Right. I buy it, enjoy it and if if I run
0: out of and en- if the enjoyment curve dips, then you sell it and take
1: roll it into the next thing.
0: You know, it just occurred to me, you and I share a mutual friend in Ken Jacobs. Mhm. And he was one of the three watches I've bought in a store. Yeah. Now, yeah granted, I bought a that watch wasn't, from Ken. But yep. that wasn't a new watch, right? right? So like that was a I'm on a hunt for this. Mhm. I knew I wanted X and I would also love to give Ken my business cause I I genuinely love that guy. Yeah. Uh, and so it worked out that he had what I was looking for and I was able to give him the business. So, um, there's also that approach too, where like I want to support people as well. So like getting the Kudoke at passion, fine jewelry in Solana beach. Tim is a good friend of mine. Brandon, the sales guy's awesome. You know, there's more to the community than just meetups, right? Like yeah. you can actually yeah, yeah. help one another, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're discouraging you to do something or encouraging you to do something or yeah. you're taking my money or you're not taking my money. Uh, yeah,
1: that's an interesting. I, I agree. I think it parallels the car community totally. too. You know, um, I bought my 944 from a friend yeah. who had bought it on a road trip he was on with a buddy and his buddy had that car in a garage and he just liked it and was like, uh, I don't need this, but I really like it. And, and then there's he, an inherent yeah.
0: trust in doing that. Right. Too. Exactly.
1: Yeah. We're still friends. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> the, you know, and it's like, with, it, yeah, I mean, Ken, Ken's a good example, you know, um, he's, uh, he's been in the game for a long time. Want to buy a watch is well known. Um, I've made friends with, that I, uh, that are like life, I don't say lifelong, but like long time friends through just going into Ken's store. I've met yeah. great people that way. I met John Benton, um, of Benton performance at one of, uh, I guess it was a red bar thing. Oh, cool. Um, Marco from, uh, you know, guys in the Porsche community. Um, and then, uh, my friend Dylan, who's shot amazing photos for the motoring journal will continue to be a contributor. He worked for Ken. He just worked at the desk. That's awesome. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things with, you know, watches and cars. There is like a big overlap um, in, in the communities in, in many aspects and yeah, I've met some great people through both. Yeah. Um, But, uh, as, as far as like, I guess what I was saying about buying a watch in store is like what I was contemplating is like expanding my uh, brand horizons going Mm. forward Mm -hmm. and it's all relative, obviously, you know, um, like Hamilton, sure. Hamilton's a watchmaker that uh, I know a decent amount the his- about the history throughout the years, uh, and and I like the you know khaki automatic titanium. We have that recommended as a watch in our next issue. It's under the uh, you know in wants and needs, and it's a great watch. Uh, it's around a thousand dollars, roughly I, th- I think. But you can get the regular one for like five hundred, yeah. and I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about it. It's like half the price. And you're like, okay, you know, if you buy a $500 watch and you keep it a really long time and you get a lot of enjoyment out of it, who cares? Yeah. And like to, so to a lot of people in the watch community, it's like 500 bucks or even $1,000. Like it's nothing to them. It's, it's still – it's a lot to me. It's a lot to most people. Right. You know, spending $200 on a watch to a lot of people is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I it's, – it's, it's like rationalizing – okay, I'll spend five grand on a Rolex Mm -hmm. because it's always going to be worth five grand if I buy it well and I buy the right one. Right, And that's a better, if you can tie that money up, it's a better investment than buying a $1,000 watch that you might be able to unload for 300 bucks down the line. And it's also, that's the tough rationale that I'm always playing with. Yeah.
0: You know, and the, I'll call it the I word, right? Investment. It's like, that's, (laughs) that was never a thing four years ago, five years ago. Really? I mean, like major topic, you know, from a community perspective, no one talked about the investment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some might just call that a wise adult decision. Right, right. Like, right, right. You know, right, right. and and and, <laughs> the, and you know, and, and to me, that's the way I look at it. Like, is this an adult decision? Yeah, you know, and and more importantly, for me, when I look at watches, like, take the brand off the dial. Do I like what it looks like? Yeah, because the movement doesn't matter Paramount. if you hate looking down at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. I, that's the way I approach things. That's yeah. why I'm so yeah. much more driven by aesthetics than. Yeah any technical prowess that that watch may exude. But um, I want to hear more about your cars though, man. You got, okay, so you got a 944. You said you have two cars.
1: Yeah, but I have a 83 944. What uh, color? Black over uh, brown and tan interior. Oh, whoa. Yeah, it's a cool combo. Uh, interesting car. I've sold, um, I think I'm, I'm the third owner, according to the book. That's incredible. Um, highly optioned car. <laughs> Uh, it's like has the full leather package, sport seats, limited slip diff. Previous owner put a short shift kit in it, which which makes a big, big difference. Cool. Um, and it's basically it's fine. I can go and drive it in the Canons all day right now. Don't need to do a thing to it as far as just enjoying it, other than replacing uh, the exhaust, which snapped right behind right after the cat on a drive last weekend and now it currently sounds like a route ra- uncorked rally car it's hilarious no way i sound like a 16 year old pulling into the parking lot before, but i'm not <laughs> driving it right now it's just it's up at a buddy's house so uh but yeah i'm having a um i already have a, i actually got the dance sport dance sport muffler for it which according to the internet gives it the warmest totally. uh tone closer to like an alfa romeo four-cylinder versus a really raspy uh 944 never sounded great man right like <laughs> they just did it. it just it's not a motor that just ever really was like a, this amazing throaty four-cylinder it's funny because
0: that was my introduction uh introduction that was uh <laughs> freudian slip easy, there <laughs> e- easy for <laughs> me <introduction>. to say <laughs> uh that uh that was my introduction to porsche when i was a kid because we mm-hmm. had a neighbor with a, a red 944 iconic I, car i just knew that it was a porsche right mm-hmm. like i i I think I was four at the time or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was probably in 83 then, actually, now that I think about it. so Yeah, it would have been an early car. Yeah, so yeah. I was just thinking that, like, oh, that's a Porsche. I I, I understand this to be, like, something very nice. Mm-hmm. And um, they have always kind of subconsciously been on my want list. We're you know, a Volkswagen, guys, well, so that makes I, sense because yeah, it's I mean, a Volkswagen. Ag- again, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, okay, so you've got the 944. What's the second car currently in the garage?
1: Uh, it's a second car is a vehicle. It's a truck. Uh, it's twenty twenty one 2021 uh, Ram 1500 Big Horn oh. uh, quad cab. Yeah, Let's so that's go. My, my big dumb truck. So you've got I, the Canyon
0: Carver, and then you've got the Overlander, uh, or at least the the precursor it to that.
1: Can go Overland. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't, uh, I you know, I haven't. Put the cap on with my, you know, recovery tracks and shovels and rigid right. lights and all, yeah, all this the gas, shit that you have. The gas have cans. So, yeah, yeah. The gas cans to refill the tank because you have so much shit weighing your vehicle down that your gas mileage just plummets. Right. It's like one of the small things that cracks me up driving around LA and you see like the A, Subaru Outbacks and Forerunners and Tacomas with with just all this recovery, like, you yeah. know, apocalypse-proofed right. gear and you're like I know that car is
0: never struggling. leaves the payment <laughs> one yeah it
1: rarely leaves the payment Two, i know you're struggling with gas mileage to begin with and uh yeah right. that's really hurting your hurting your uh mpg but you're hurting the mpg but your cred goes way up
0: oh yeah totally your Street cred goes cred.
1: way up yeah yeah uh yeah. yeah no my truck is i it's just uh you know simple <clears throat> lift and leveling kit um Sweet. nice set of toyos on there um set of wheels and that's that's pretty much it i did a few aesthetic things like just blacked out all the chrome swap the trx style grill onto the front um which gets a lot of like people like motioning to me at stoplights like other ram guys be like how'd you get that on the front of your grill i'm like ebay Right. Internet? Yeah. Like, the internet. It's like, I'm not not smart or cool or a wizard. It's just, I have an internet connection. Right, right. right.
0: <laughs> I got this incredible thing. It's called Wi-Fi. It's
1: called the uh, sum of uh, total human knowledge in my pocket at all times.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: yeah, so those are my vehicles uh, that are out here. And then I actually, I still have my first car, um, although it's it's stripped just down to the metal and wrapped in Tyvek back in Vermont, awaiting a, an eventual restoration. Um, it's a 1991 Subaru Legacy sports sedan, Whoa. which is the car Colin McRae, uh, legendary rally driver, You know, made his career in that car. It's the precursor yeah. to the WRX. Um, and that was my first car, which was pulled from my possession after the first like eight months of ownership or something like that. My dad was like, no, nope, you've got way too much of basically uh, my blood in you which right. is lead foot and uh yeah he took the keys away because so he was just like you're gonna, you're get, not you're gonna get in trouble Colin with McCray. this like well <laughs> yeah but and growing up in vermont you know it's dirt roads and you know ski area parking lots all you want to do is just slide Doing all nuts. you want to do is slide around like car control was like my you know my whole youth and to replace that car i got like an automatic transmission 94 legacy wagon and I still treated that thing like it was a rally car. <laughs> well, like of just every corner it's just e-brake slide, e-brake slide, you know. Um
0: Some people say drive it like it's stolen. I say drive it like a rental car. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I did. I absolutely did.
1: Drove it like a rental car. That thing was perfect when I got it. It was like a single owner old lady had like one little rip in the back seat. I mean that car was It had air suspension, little known uh, legacy LSIs. This is before the Outback, the year before the Outback came out. So this was the nicest car Subaru would sell you, like leather, all this stuff. And it had a button that would raise it up, like, I want to say three-quarters of an inch or maybe even just over an inch. Wow. Like, we give it a significant lift. Right. Which was hilarious in Vermont because you're like, oh, it's deep snow. Right. (laughs) Like, let me hit my button and just, but I blew that out uh just constantly tearing cv boots like right bad behavior right right, you know? right. but you know what are you gonna do you're a teenager and you're obsessed with rally and i just love going sideways man
0: so what's kind of the grail status for you like do you have like a list of grail cars or anything? oh yeah like
1: that? yeah for sure i mean uh safari 911 uh, uh 512 bb ferrari with mud flaps like the, the first time that i saw uh Vintage rally cars in person at a car show in, in um, it's the Richard Mill, actually, Chanty Arts and Elegance. Okay. Got brought out there by Richard Mill years ago uh, for a story, and they were doing a rally car retrospective. And it was just like, you know, Peugeot, Citroën, Audi, Ferrari, like cars I had seen photos of and knew like a little bit about. But I was more like 90s rally, you know, your Corollas, Subarus. Right eva mitsubishi you know lancers etc seeing all the old stuff that group b stuff in person oh my god like that's what like i would dump my money into that and the you know the ultimate grail car is a Mira sv oh sick you know i think like i know how like early lambos and just what a nightmare they can be blah 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 but
0: aesthetics
1: aesthetics that that what's prettier than that i just and the way it sounds Mm -hmm. um and then uh, below that, in the attainable grail status stuff, is just you know old alpha, old nine eleven, yeah. just like every other you know thirty something, forty something guy. <laughs> and like it's funny because it's like with watches, you know, it's like you were talking about investment. That's all. That's all internet, right? You know, like right. I always, I always say the internet ruins everything, right? And it, and it,
0: it's you know, undefeated.
1: <laughs> yeah, the internet's undefeated. <laughs> absolutely as as rogan often says you know like and he's not wrong and and in in this case it's undefeated and just taking subcultures and what's great is it opens them up and makes them more accessible sure um but at the same time it opens them up and makes them more accessible and therefore you have people just just flooding into communities with tons of money and that's where bubbles come from and
0: You know, it's really interesting. Here we are. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting you bring it up because I think like the democratization of XYZ, right? Mm -hmm. Like the moon swatch. God, I'm so sick of hearing about (laughs) it. Like I literally am.
1: (laughs) Right. but But sales of Speedmasters are like,
0: right? Real Speedmasters
1: are like through the roof.
0: Great marketing play. Great, great. Item, right, and and the democratization of it is no, great. No. You know, this is all fantastic. The problem is, is when it, if everything's available to everybody, and you know all the rest of that, and and it's great. The, the problem I have with it isn't that oh now you're into the hobby that I'm into. It's not gatekeeping. You know, it's not. I knew this band when they played two hundred person stuff. Right, the, the, but right. but it loses. Special in mm-hmm. quotes mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. know like it, it's no longer special if everybody uses it everybody buys it everybody right and, and again, this isn't my attempt at gatekeeping like this is like a and this isn't about Omega that's not about a moonswatch it's about just stuff in general right mm-hmm. like society being privy to XYZ yeah it it I don't know like I struggle with that because like what what makes something special? is never widely available because it's no longer special.
1: Right. Well, I mean, Does that, that make it, sense? It, it I I know where you're going with that. I mean, it's there's very few things that are new that are legitimately special. You know, the it's it's Rolex has mastered, you know, manufactured scarcity. Mm-hmm. Because what gives something value is is verified scarcity. And when you consider you you know, that is Ultimately that is the thing with like old 911s. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter really what generation, although if you talk to mechanics and guys who've been around, they know which years are the good years and which cars were shit, you right, know? Like right. um, and I'm just going to say it, like look, 964s until Singer <laughs> like started chopping them up and making incredible cars out of them. Like what Singer does is amazing. Right. Amazing. But just a regular 964 those cars were horrible <laughs> in terms of the lineage of 911s. Like, I'll take a 996, like the, you know, what was it, 98 to 2005 2000, and, and a half, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think was the last Turbo S Cabriolets. I'll take a 996 over a 964. Doesn't look as good. It's a way better car, even though it's like the Toyota years of Porsche. Right, you know? sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I. Just, you, you get into that, mindset of oh well they're not going to make any more of these and a new 911 is a whole forget the cost because cost is out the window now right like when you've got g-body cars going like regular carreras going for close to what like a base 992 or or like let's say a 991.2 uh 911 is going for get the new car. Right. You fucking idiot. Like right. like what are you doing? Like uh, you know they uh, unless you very specifically want to be cool what, uh, to be so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean the clout, yeah, that's true. But with, it's an investment. That's where the i word comes in again, you know. There's so many look, there's so many people in the space right. that whether it's uh vintage Porsches or vintage watches or vintage Alphas or what, you know. Right, right vintage pens i don't know much about the pen market but come that come in and they're like well you know it gives me clout to operate in a certain space and i'm not really that interesting so i can like buy my way to being interesting totally you know? and i've i always say it's like if the most interesting thing about you is the is stuff, stuff you own yeah like you got problems yeah like yeah. you might you might want to take a look at that right and that's harsh and there's probably a lot of people who listen to this that are, you know, want to wring my neck for saying that, but it's it's the truth, man. Like, stuff is just stuff, right? You know, it's it's a ni- it's a nice to have. It can be an add on, but it shouldn't define who you are. Yeah. And there, or really anyone one thing shouldn't, you know. I again, not to get political, right? But <laughs> let's go. But. Anything, that it's just anything, any one thing, you shouldn't pick that thing and just make it your entire personality. You know, that think. that is the genius of Trump is he figured out, like, way back, I mean, dude, what was that, 98 when he gave that interview in Rolling Stone, and he was like, ah, if I ever ran for office, I'd run as a Republican because they're dumb enough to vote for me and get me in there.
0: You know, it's funny. I always say too much of anything is unhealthy. Like, I mean, if you yeah. made your entire yeah. diet broccoli, like, yeah. you're going to have issues, um, yes, and I think people will have issues with you,
1: right? Right. For doing that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly.
1: There's a group of uh, there's a group of guys who I introduced some of them to each other. Um, they're all they're like you know roughly ten fifteen years older than I am. Okay. You know the the dad crew um, as okay. I like to call them. But they're also guys who I really I love just listening to them. You know, go to them for advice or whatever life, family, this, that, and the other. Um, but it's really. Interesting, being friends with a group of guys that are at a certain age, and not only like, you know, it's like adult male friendships, and and like, let let alone how kind of hard that is and can be to form like actual meaningful bonds like later in life, but sure, um, just what going for a drive, I can see like what that means to those guys and having that time in an older car, mm-hmm. but also sharing the keys, right? Like everyone's like, oh, you got, you got, can I drive that? To- you gotta try yeah, this out. You gotta try yes. this out. The, the attitude of you got to try this out versus, you know, kind of standing off to the side and, like, waiting for people to come, like, kiss the ring right. for, like, what you bought. Right. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, well, I think that's what's great about the watch community that I think the car community is okay at but could get better at. Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, man, what are you wearing? Dude, I'm mm-hmm. the guy that's literally mm-hmm. taking it off as you're asking, and I'm yeah. handing it to you. <laughs> yeah, please check you, it out. Please try this yeah, on. Like, yeah. check it out. You mm-hmm. know, and I think the watch community is really, really great for that. What got you into cars to begin with? Your dad's a lead foot. Yeah, I
1: yeah, I mean, it was primarily my dad. Um, what was he you into? Know, was, what is it, it kind of grew? A uh, little bit of everything. You know, like I was saying, like at the beginning, you know, he, he grew up in the south. Uh, he built hot rods and muscle cars with his friends cool. um he had a really cool buick station wagon that he Sick. built out and um i think he tried to track it i, th- I think it's probably long gone based on where where he kind of gave up on that search but yeah he was cars and motorcycles and he's he's very mechanically minded yeah um construction and, guy and, you said uh, uh carpentry right. yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i mean but everything right you know um painter cabinetry maker like just you know Left-handed and uh, you know very talented in that respect, and I can wrench if I absolutely have to and have a little guidance, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely not like you know like I can not get he, out of an old car it. and be like, oh, I need uh, the timing needs to be adjusted yeah. on this uh, old Mustang, right? You know, right. Uh, but uh, I'm just yeah, it's for me, it's more the aesthetic and then like going for the drive. So I think I just spent so much time in cars when I was younger, um, you grew up in New England outside of, I grew up in a pretty rural town. Uh, it's 15 miles to the town, uh, where I went to high school and that had like a supermarket instead of a little general store and all that kind of stuff. So it was right. always a back and forth. Yeah. And once I got my license, I mean, if you, yeah, you grew up in a rural area, your license is freedom. You know, it's, it's, you can, when it occurred to me like, Oh, I can go as far as, I can afford gas. Right. You know, and having that realization was like, oh, I could, I could drive to Boston. I could drive to the coast. I could drive to New York City, like if I wanted to, if I could afford to.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then every trip to the supermarket's a time attack. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. They're definitely, oh, man. Yeah. I definitely owe some neighbors some apologies and stuff. But it was, it's kind of funny though, because there's not, you know, it's a small town. And it's like, if you have like a, a very recognizable fast car. Right. <laughs> it's like everyone's friends with your parents. You're not getting away with shit. Right. 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 Um. Even though I probably thought I was. Uh. Yeah. Just my my dad and then and honestly, just being a, the era we grew up in. Yeah. You know. Um. So what what boys was your and their dad toys, so to speak?
0: What, what was your dad driving when you were a kid?
1: Oh man, we had some we had some rad stuff. Let's see, '84 Subaru GL wagon, probably pushing out about. 85 horsepower 1992 ford Taurus wagon okay we had an eight third third row oh yeah oh, third yeah. row rear facing seat yeah uh and then my youngest sister was born or was on the way so my you know my parents upgraded to that newfangled thing in the mid-90s called the minivan yeah had the wind star hmm um, took out i think a 10 point buck with the front of the wind star so got a 2001 i didn't he they did okay um <laughs> graduate so
0: how's the car because usually total yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. total
1: yeah i mean look you grew up in or you if you live in new england or even jersey dude Jer- I mean, jersey's got crazy like north white-tail, carolina you're probably, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. you hit a deer at some point um <laughs> I've got a good hit of deer story uh, that I can. That, that we're going through the lineage of the cars. It's perfect. So you go and this is family owned. So so this station was a ten, wa- two station wagons, the two minivans. Car then I got my license, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was the Grand Caravan, the Dodge Grand Caravan, and then the Subarus just started piling up. It was like, and it's funny because obviously you know Vermont, everyone's going to make their you know New England jokes in it. But look, man, if you. You don't want to spend the money on an Audi or right. you just know better than to spend the money on an Audi or a Saab or a Volvo, which a lot of people did. And you don't have a truck, which my dad did briefly. That's right. He had a he had a Zuzu, a Zuzu pickup, 4x4 Zuzu pickup right. that I think was donated to the local fireman's auction. Like just drove it into oblivion and then was like, here, you guys take this and <laughs> auction it off to somebody. That's uh hilarious. Yeah, so let's see, 94, like I said, 94 LSI wagon, then moved, went to college, got a 95 Legacy wagon, came back east, got a 2002 Impreza 2.5 TS hatchback, and did just about everything you could to that car to make it fun to drive short of a WRX engine swap, which I was going to do. Then the 08 WRXs came out. And, uh, yeah, I got one of those. I had a Tacoma briefly. No, I had the Tacoma, then I got the Subaru. Got That's it. what it. was. Then I moved out here, and I had that Subaru for a while. Uh, then I had a Fiesta ST for nine months that Ford just, like, gave me to do this, like, social media campaign right. called, like, the Fiesta Movement Remixed or something. Okay. Fun car. Fun car as far as little hatchbacks go. Sure. Too fun. They t- pulled it from America because it was too much fun. We don't know how fun small hatchbacks are.
0: Where did you go to college?
1: Uh, I went to the University of Nevada in Reno. Oh, okay. To their journalism program.
0: Okay, uh, so you were a like year. head down journalism from day one then?
1: Kind of. I just knew, I don't know. I,
0: you just liked I just, English yeah, class yeah, my, my high mom, school or
1: what? Well, my mom wrote for a local newspaper and oh, cool. uh, I tagged along with her to a lot of like, she'd cover like local snowboarding events that i was either trying to compete in or i knew friends were competing in cool um and i was like oh that's kind of cool like if you (laughs) write if you write for a newspaper uh even a small one in a small town you can get credentials for x games
0: yeah Hmm. did you go did you grow up going to the u.s open and stuff
1: every year sick every year i yeah is that stratton stratton Yeah. yeah um i competed in the Junior jam a couple times and, you know, never, like, never podiumed or anything. But, yeah, I was, like, around. I would just was immersed in snowboarding so who, my entire life. Who was your guy? <sighs> I mean.
0: I mean, that's, like, half-pipe from country. From where I'm either. from. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, half-pipe country. It's funny. From You know, uh, well, the Ross, US Ross, Open. Well, Ross Powers. Ross Powers, You know, yeah. like, my, my grandmother taught Ross Powers and, and I've known Ross for many, many years. Super wow. nice guy. And I think he's still coaching at sms um stratton mountain school which a lot of my friends went to i just yeah i was just immersed in stone ross was like the guy because he was like from our hometown area right like was not the same town but from our area like you know just was like a regular guy who won an olympic gold medal and did like until recently like the highest like half pipe air in competition like ever yeah you know that shot of him doing a method at salt lake in 2002 was like that's our guy. Like yeah. he's a redneck, and he just won like snowboarding gold. And I don't know. I was there's so many people. Like I I grew up very like, like I said, like immersed in it. It was my entire life, and it's all I wanted to do. And when I figured out that like the competition side wasn't really for me, that I liked the like filmmaking, like snowboard films. That's what got me interested in film and storytelling. So it's like this perfect overlap of like you know reading all those magazines growing up um snowboarder transworld thrasher eastern edge yeah all these great magazines you remember oh eastern my edge God, Dude, yeah shout out neil Korn, eastern wow. edge i still have all my copies of eastern edge too Holy shit and like those guys us open would just bring you know the best athletes in snowboarding to our home zone yeah. and just got you. Just got to meet all of them. I mean, I have competition bibs like from when I was in like the junior jam in the couple years that I did like the qualifiers for the U.S. Open when uh-huh. I was in high school. Yeah, autographs from like everybody. And if I go back and look, even like my friends who are younger kids, you know the Matrani's, uh, Danny Davis, Mason Aguirre, like the guys yeah. who became friends of mine that were younger. And I was like, dude, sign the bib because I know like your signature is like, it's going to be worse. And Danny Cass, like all these guys who in a lot of them life took them in many different directions um i actually just saw jack announcing summer x game like he's been an announcer for x Games. he's doing summer x now currently um you know life took a lot of different directions but it's just funny looking back on that and you're like oh you have all these signatures of people who were like younger than you but you knew they were you know destined for greatness yeah so uh i don't even wear those. oh it's talking about like the writing thing so like when it came time to go to school, I was like, well, I want to be close to snowboarding and still kind of in snowboarding. Oh, yeah. Tahoe. Tahoe. So I was like, Reno, that was the closest made sense. Um, applied to Boulder. Didn't get in. Thank God. Probably would have partied myself to death. Um, my fiance went there and survived though. So shout out to how strong, stronger than I am, I guess. With See the you. partying respect. Yeah. Go, go buffs. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, man. Um, is that the first go buffs on your podcast? hundred percent. I'm just hundred percent. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: One yeah. of my best friends went to see you, so I spent some time everybody I like it. to say if you spend long
1: enough in l a you you're gonna have at least one friend who went to see you
0: well that that is true um I was obviously still in North Carolina when he was there. He's actually younger than I am, but um he he went there all four years and so like i would I would just go out we'd just the summit county pass or what have mm-hmm. you and then just go ride with with him and you know it was a blast and you know what was it like Boulder is 27 square miles surrounded by reality That's what they say <laughs> something like that. that's
1: pretty i don't know that i'd heard that one but that's pretty good yeah it's, it's i mean that's yeah it's, it's pretty accurate sounds yeah you know? and
0: now it's like you know incubator startup vc money yeah like, you know. yeah tech
1: you know like every like everything else with uh, you know denver right. or, you austin know, it's just yeah you know tech comes in gets that tech money in there and just makes it pretty everything's pretty generic yeah
0: you know, i still tech love washes Colorado. it out for yeah sure. I yeah love it's it. gorgeous absolutely love it um, um so what was your first gig out of school then because we'll, we'll have to wrap up here in a second but uh like so you were working freelance right so like how did you get into the car world and get invited to richard mule events
1: dude so i'll i'll this is this is the career path that i can suggest to all your listeners uh go back in time <laughs> First and foremost, you're, you're going to want to go back in time. Buy Google stock. Yeah, buy Google stock. <laughs> Change it to Google. And, and Amazon. Yeah. Um, yeah, go back in time um, and uh, start blogging while you're in college. Uh, start a WordPress, uh, which for those listeners who are younger, uh, WordPress used to be a blog site, not something that you built an entire website on. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, go back, start blogging. Um, have that blog just exist as a record of the fact you can self-motivate mm-hmm. and and write and have a just have a perspective or a unique ish point of view check out screamingmouth.com on blogspot screamingmouth.blogspot.com yep i love that that, okay. that was mine nice yeah mine was uh i mine was uh this nice life dot wordpress.com and then i bought the dot com and i still own that and i'm still going to do something with this nice life it's like still my email um, I've just, oh, I don't know why I like had that and then I had the road less driven and the road less driven was my, uh, what, oh my God, it was this use opposite lock page. Okay. So opposite lock, which was the user, uh, like generated content side of Jalopnik where like anyone could write, anyone could start an oppo page. I see. And I think I started the road less driven in like 2010 or 2011 thereabouts and quickly like got front paged a couple times. So what the editors, uh Patrick George, um, and I think Travis Okolski at the time and maybe Bob I can't remember who was running it at the time. I think it was I think it was uh Patrick though. Okay. He would pull content from Oppo onto the front page of Jalopnik, which was part of Gawker. And it like I mean, that's eyeballs, man. Right, sure, So sure. like I wrote a few things that were pretty aggressive because i was writing for free so i'm not gonna like check my tone or whatever right i remember i wrote this thing absolutely shitting on the on the then new mustang like i had a rental mustang and i just like it was the the eco boost one i was like this is the worst like this is an abomination like what <laughs>
0: to, to the mustang yeah for, for sure yeah, yeah
1: yeah for the mustang right yeah. exactly like a mustang should have a v8 and and i don't care if you have a v6 mustang i'm sorry a new one that's bummer for you like um they should have a v8 i wrote that i wrote some other stuff that just was pretty aggressive and like patrick i think it was he was yeah he was like oh you can write like he gave me some assignment i don't know i wrote something and uh i ended up at the la auto show and and i don't know schmoozed bullshitted my way into getting like a press car and uh, I got my first press car, which was a Buick Regal GS. Nice. It was the first press car I was ever given. Is when they re-released the Regal. Uh, wrote a pretty f- decent story about that, I think. Made a funny video and then ended up in the C7 Stingray when it was new. And then, I don't know, the ball just started rolling, man. How did you make that like, video?
0: Was it you or did you invite a buddy? Yeah, or? Go, no,
1: just GoPro. It was just me talking. Just me talking shit.
0: Oh, I see. Like a yeah. one-take type of thing.
1: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but like, I don't, you know, I... I didn't even know Matt at that point. Like I don't know you. I, YouTube was still YouTube car stuff was still like so hokey. Other than like Chris Harris, you know, and right. who still like top of the mountain is that's Chris Harris's top of the mountain. Yeah, you know, everyone else can just quit and Chris can just do his thing. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> sorry, that's just that's that's just too, and I know there's a little bit of that like we're American, he's British. British people always sound smarter, but also it's like we've been so uh indoctrinated with top gear mm-hmm. where it's like even the those three dudes could be talking about milk vacuum yeah milk <laughs> or vacuum cleaners and they'd find a way that's it to make it entertaining to us whether british people would find it entertaining or not
0: right right right, right.
1: Eh, i don't know but uh yeah i just started doing that and then uh i just started meeting people man i i just uh monterey car week i got introduced uh to Evan and Josh from Cool Hunting, God, they I still they... have not been to Monterey. You're not? Go- are you going this year? No. Oh, okay. Well, anyone can go. It's an open event. But... No, I know. I just haven't been.
0: Yeah. Like well, no, no real excuse. Don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah. I also. I yeah. We could just blow right past that. Yeah. Just, Monterey. That's a, next. That year. Could be its own whole <laughs> pod. That could be its own podcast. Um, live
0: next year. Yeah. Oh, live from- at
1: Standard H. Live at. Uh, you know who would probably do it is uh who you could kind of like partner with is is uh Fortane, which is a jeweler, jeweler. in Carmel. Yeah. Um, very reputable one and really nice guys, uh great stuff. And like I don't I don't know them. I have I'm not like they have a store in San Diego. Oh they do? Oh, that's cool. their
0: second location. Gotcha. So yeah, definitely know who those guys are.
1: Yeah. So they host like a little like watch meet thing every yeah. year. You could probably just set up right outside and what would be fun is then you could comment on all the people. <laughs> And the cars rolling by, which it's, is just, it's
0: Venice Beach, but like,
1: oh man, but for billionaires, epic people watching, right? Epic people watching, man. Like, that's part of what it's just, it's like going to take the pulse of that crowd every year. And it's so funny. It's just, yeah, I don't even want to say guys of a certain age, it's like people of a certain age yeah. with a certain amount of commas, right, in their bank account. And you're just like, wow, this is <laughs> special.
0: They need to have that this nice life. Uh. <laughs> I don't. Something
1: tells me they're not readers, or they they. Weren't What's readers. funny
0: is is this nice life is like, it's so kind of like approachable because you're not like this incredible life. So you know what I mean. Like it's approachable, but it's also kind of a humble brag as well. You know, like you know what I I actually have a nice life. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I I do, man. But I, I love. That. I always I always felt that way. I mean, that's look, man. I could. I could easily just you know I New England again. I think I felt like I grew up, I was really lucky to grow up where and when I grew up, even yeah. without like a lot. It's st- still plenty. It's a it's it's nice. It's a nice little life. I don't right. know. That's right. No, like, I love you know,
0: it. I think it's fantastic.
1: Um people always love that. I always give that email like like signing up for something or like someone asks for an email at a hotel and I'm like, oh, it's this nice life at uh whatever. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And uh That's really funny too because people are always like, Oh, that's great. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I Which, guess it's sort of like the antithesis though, too, of like huh. everything sucks. Or no, just <laughs> m- m- must be nice. <laughs> must be nice.
1: <laughs> now that yeah, that would be that's gotta be taken up. I get like, it. Must be nice. Must be nice. Dot com. Yeah. If you if you're, if you're uh,
0: listening, email that. Yes. Email. Yeah. See what you get as a response. Oh my god, that's so funny. Somebody's gotta have that email.
1: Yep. Yeah. So there. So yeah. I don't know. That's the the quick roll through the. That's the career path uh, if you want to get into. Um. I don't. I'm just a writer. Like uh, that's. I don't classify myself as an automotive journalist. I. You know. I just. I. It's an area that I happen to write in, Mm -hmm. but there are guys who that's all they do, and they're so. Intimately involved in the industry, and it's all consuming. That like to call myself an automotive journalist would be, but also it's like I don't know, I don't even know if that journalist should be applied to it. I I, I like auto critic, right? That's like the guys who are really good at. It. I mean, if you're an automotive critic. You know, journalists are people who are out ducking bullets in war zones. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's uh, not that's having caviar in Monaco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or monterey for that matter or monterey yeah um where um, can people find you uh how can they get the magazine you've, you've sort of thrown that out there already
1: but. yeah uh well uh people can find me at andrew t manis on instagram and they can find the motoring journal at the motoring journal on instagram and they can find the motoring journal physically the magazine uh at uh, sid mashburn locations um Shout out to Sid and uh, great, store. great, great stores. Great guy. Um, just great, Good network of people. Yeah. Um, and Uncrate carries it. Uh, also a big fan of Uncrate. So shout out to Uncrate and Sweet. their, old, their magazine, which they used to produce a yeah. couple issues of was, yeah. was very good. Yeah. I remember that. And then, yeah, just uh, the motoring journal.com or the motoring club.com. Um, you can sign up to be a subscriber. And if you, Whether you live here or not, you can come into the motoring club, take a tour, apply for membership, and just get the magazine as part of your membership, and then have all the other perks of being a member of the motoring club that come with it. So,
0: what does a subscription cost?
1: A subscription costs one hundred and twenty-five dollars a year. Okay, and you get four issues with a welcome kit, lots of goodies. um, Sweet, which we mix it up. So,
0: so a little less than thirty bucks an issue. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. for a quarterly magazine, I feel like is kind of the going rate.
1: Uh, yeah, if not, I, if
0: not cheap, yeah, and
1: with all, look, I mean, how many magazines come with uh, guest passes to a physical space where you can rent vintage cars or you or get hats and t-shirts and merch drops and totally. deals on lots of things, you know? Yeah, you know, we 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 want to whether you're a subscriber or a member of the motoring club. Uh, the big thing is is building this community, but also what we give back to our community and what we give back is trying to give people discounts on things that otherwise you wouldn't in terms of parts suppliers or yeah you know cool automotive stuff
0: no real quick we're here in Marina Del Rey you said there's a new location coming
1: yes that is the big news and has been uh for <laughs> too long uh you know like every other uh you know business trying to open up a space in the past uh two and a half years yeah um shortage of uh very necessary things uh, combined with the insane amount of red tape you have to go through in the state of California and the city of Los Angeles, um, it's definitely delayed, but Got it. we're finally in the home stretch, Sweet. which is super exciting. So we'll be over in Santa Monica, uh, the corner of Olympic and Stoner, uh, across from Trader Joe's, as I like to tell people when they don't know where I'm talking about. Nice. And uh, yeah, doubling the square footage, uh, more storage capacity public facing coffee shop with our own uh coffee uh roasting our own coffee and have a nice big area where you can hang out are you roasting we, on site not or on you, site you partnering Off with site. somebody yeah yep cool. partnering so we'll have our own blend awesome and that will be open to the public and we're just kind of taking the next step towards uh you know fully fully building out the brand and just welcoming more people into the community so pretty excited about that. And that's going to be this fall.
0: Yeah, you should be. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome, man. Andrew, thank you.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. It's good to see you. All right. Let's go for a drive soon.
0: Absolutely. All <laughs> Let's do it. All right. See ya. Take care. Hey guys, Wesley here. If you liked what you heard, maybe tell a friend about the standard age podcast. And if you have a moment, please rate and review the show as it helps others discover this podcast. Shout out to Jensen Reed and Super Beautiful for the theme track, as well as to Clear Audio for the noise-canceling headphones. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next one. Take care.